Hey everyone, Jim Katsoulis here. Welcome to the podcast. And we're talking about feel better to lose weight because oftentimes what people do to try and lose weight is to feel really bad. They feel bad about themselves, about their weight, what they've done to themselves. And they just feel bad in general. They feel discouraged. They feel lack of confidence, low self-esteem, all these things. And they try and focus on these pains in order to motivate themselves to do the right things to lose weight. But what I've seen be way more effective is when you start to build around feeling good right from day one. Because believe it or not, you can feel good and want to change. It's possible. And not only is it more effective, but it's a more enjoyable path to walk, you know, rather than trying to put the screws to yourself to force yourself to take action um, by feeling as bad as possible as, as you can. And so what ends up happening is a lot of people, they kind of make their feeling good about themselves conditional on losing weight. And this is almost like the conventional wisdom. But does that make sense, right? If you started to feel more confidence, feel more attractive, um, feel more successful right now before you lost even a pound, if you felt those things, wouldn't that make it easier to eat right and live and do the things you need to do in order to lose the weight? In most situations, I've seen that be way more effective than trying to feel really bad about yourself and hold those good feelings out, you know, dangling like a carrot in front of you and you're chasing them. Why not feel those things now and use all those good feelings uh, to help propel you towards the goal you want? And so the next question we'll say, okay, I'll buy into that, but how do I feel good? How can I feel successful or feel confident in my body now? I'm overweight, you know? And it's important to understand that the feelings you feel are generated by subconscious mental processes that you're running, okay? They're usually not dictated by reality. Most of the time we're up in our head thinking about things and they're causing us to feel a certain way. So how do you be overweight and haven't gotten none of your success and still feel successful, okay? Well, it's all about how you look at things. And again, this is what I help people with, program yourself then, we work on mastering your mindset, how you're thinking, how you're, um, framing things subconsciously. So how do you feel successful before you've lost a pound? Well, you focus on what you're doing. You can focus on the fact that you made a good food decision yesterday. You could focus on the fact that you're starting to take this more seriously and that now you're going to do this. And so there's any, you know, when we choose to feel a certain way, we can manifest that feeling. And I don't even want to use the word manifest because I don't want to get a lot of attraction stuff. What I'm talking about is literally, if you want to feel successful right now, you can feel successful based on how you're thinking about things. And you can take little things you did, zoom into them, blow them up, and you can start to feel successful. Okay? So much of what we feel is dependent on how we're viewing things. And so if you want to feel more attractive before you've even lost a pound, you can start to feel more attractive. Put an outfit on that makes you feel good move around a little bit, eat something healthy, and you'll probably feel more attractive. You know, so again, it's not rocket science. Now, again, I'm not saying that you won't feel more successful when you start losing the weight, that you won't feel more attractive when you start going towards the goal of how you want to look. I, those are absolutely true, but they're not mutually exclusive. You can start to feel those things now and use them to feel better, which starts to diminish emotional eating and it starts to make you feel better about yourself. Right. So, so that's a helpful, these emotions, these positive, good emotions help you achieve your goal because they help you feel better about yourself. And what I see a lot of people doing is they won't allow themselves to feel good about themselves until they get to that goal. But at what point 
because it doesn't work. You know, I've seen so many people that have lost the weight and gotten their goal and they don't automatically all of a sudden feel all this wonderful stuff. You need to practice thinking in a way so that you feel the emotions you want and you might as well start practicing that right now. Okay, so that it helps you get to your weight loss goal. And then when you get to your weight loss goal, you're now very good at feeling all the positive emotions that keep you at your weight loss goal, right? That's what I'm talking about. So don't wall off all the positive, wonderful emotions. Don't put them at the finish line. Put them at the starting line so that you can start to feel them now and propel you towards your goal, right? It's way more effective. It's way more enjoyable. So start focusing on that now. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. I would love to help you out. Nadja, look at that. You helped me lose 11 pounds in five weeks. Thank you. I love you. Oh, you're welcome. That's awesome. Keep it up. That's that's really great. That's 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 a sweet spot, right? Two pounds a week is kind of ideal. One to two pounds a week is great. Um, and hopefully you've done it in a way that is comfortable, you know, that, that works for you. But, but that's super. Um, again, you know, weight loss doesn't have to be this miserable thing. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's so funny. I mean... You know, I get on here every day talking about the mindset of weight loss, you know, and here it is. It's if we take the process out of it, what most people think about the process of losing weight is dieting. Right. Um, but it's it's much more about really looking at, you know, how amazing it feels, not just losing weight, but how you do it. You know, and so when you lose weight in a comfortable, enjoyable way, right? let's imagine that's possible for a second. This becomes one of the most enjoyable things you can do in your life. You know, because it's not just about how you look, it's about how you feel. It's about how your body's operating. It's eventually probably about how long you're gonna live, you know? Um, yeah, no, I just said it's very comfortable, I love this. That's super, yeah, I walked 19,000 steps today. I feel amazing. That's great, that's great. There's a lot of steps, okay? So be careful that, you know, sometimes, again, this is, a, what I always say, as opposed to the all or nothing mentality that most dieters have, is you really wanna develop an all or something mindset, okay? And what that means is, great you're in it now right i mean walking nineteen thousand steps that that's a lot that's great um so you're kind of in an all mode super um and so what you want to realize though is that you know at some point in the future i'm not saying it's to bum you out so don't take it this way but at some point in the future you may not want to walk nineteen thousand steps yeah okay right so okay usually nine thousand now it's 19. so um you know again we want to i always do this thing with my hands right so most people are kind of all or nothing and they're usually nothing right then they get inspired and they do all and they do the all for a couple of days or a couple of weeks and then they go back to being nothing. And so that's how they try and attempt weight loss. And it's very difficult to do that because you just keep flip-flopping between nothing and all and usually you're nothing, right? Because there's time distortion that happens too because when we're all, you know, a week feels like a month or a year even sometimes <laughs> depending on how people do it. And so we want to really optimize and watch this. Instead of being all or nothing, we want to be all or something. So the focus is really not on being all, we're always going to be all sometimes. Sometimes you get super motivated. Life's working with us. Great. Be all. But what's really going to help you is when you raise the bottom, when you go from nothing to something. This could be 10, 20, 30, 50 pound weight loss right here. And it's kind of easy. You know what I mean? Like you're not going crazy. You're not changing all you're eating. You're not doing everything. You're making sustainable changes that you can maintain even when life's kicking you in the gut, you know, every day, you know? And that's when things really start to transform because again, you're changing your foundation. So all or something is the real key with that. That's so awesome. Um, great job, Nadja. Yep. Yeah, 10K a day is optimal for me. Yeah, that's super. I did that, like, you know, it's funny too, though. Like, it's fun stretching yourself. Last year, I had a real goal. Um, and it's really, it took two years. I had a goal, like, I want to start moving more. And I focused on walking because I enjoy walking. It's pretty comfortable for me. And so 
you know, that first year I wanted to get up to 10,000 steps, which was a challenge that first year. Cause I'm embarrassed to say it almost, but it was like, I, I could, I could be around 2,500, 3,000 steps, which is not a lot of steps. I could sit in this chair a lot working. And, um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And yeah. So the first year I kind of got it, whatever. And then the next year, you know, it, it, the averages went up even more. Um, and now, now it's kind of just like the norm. So, so that's super. So again, so, so, and I don't know where you started with, but, um, and I know the 19 was probably an outlier that maybe not something you're aiming at all the time. But again, in my mind, I always like to, I'm focused on the bottom. So, so last year, like I said, I remember, I think it was October or September. I set a goal. Like I want to hit 10,000 steps every day. That was just a, a goal I set for myself. And, um, and I think I started that in the summer and I finally got to it in like September, or October, I forget which month I did it. Um, but it was cool, but I did it just to kind of raise my bottom. So it's like, okay, getting this base number is the core thing. And so now where I'm at is if I'm at seven to 10, I'm, I'm happy with that. Okay. But I'm not worried about getting, go shooting over that. It's cool when I do. And I'm, I like that, but I'm really more focused on the, the minimum piece. So anyways, great job, Nadja. That, that's so super. And that's the key thing is you're doing it now and, and you're kind of listening to me. So hopefully you're using this approach. It's really focusing on the simple the simple little shifts and changes you can make. Like I always say this is the opposite of how most people approach weight loss. Most people subconsciously want the hardest plan. They want it. They want it to be a fight. They want it to be a challenge. They want it to be difficult because in their mind, they associate the harder it is with the faster the weight loss is going to happen, you know? And so they're looking for the most difficult thing. And so you almost have to fight that. It's that dieting mindset. And so we really want to optimize to the easiest things. Oh, thanks for the roses. Um, we want, we want to optimize to the easiest thing, which is so anti-diet mindset, right? Because again, the easiest stuff is going to be slower. Okay. But, but again, what's fast and what's slow to lose 10 pounds, you know, in two weeks and then put it back on compared to losing a pound a week for a year, which one's faster, right? So, so we want to reframe that, that, that idea, but, um, great job. That's awesome. Um, what's up, Doriana? How's it going? Vicky, what's up? The all or something was one of my biggest lessons from you. I'm glad. Yeah, I love the all or something. That it really is such a game changer um, compared to the all or nothing thing, which is where most people are at because of the, the dieting mindset. Um, TikToker, I go long periods of time of not eating, but when I do eat, I have a hard time stopping. Well, you know, listen, one, one affects the other, you know, so you really have to look at your weight loss in a holistic sense. And that's probably one of the biggest subconscious mistakes people make it goes right with the all or nothing thing you know is that we just look at <clears throat> i always like to say like where the problem shows up is usually not where it's created so i, I get that the most common strategical thing that the people mis mistake people make and that how they come to me with it they say listen everything's going great um i'm not eating you know breakfast and lunch are great and then everything's falling apart in the afternoon and night well, well i don't know what the problem i have to stop eating it in the afternoon and night so what are you eating for breakfast and lunch nothing you know, what do you want to do for lunch, you know, dinner and afternoon? <laughs> you you got to eat at some point. And so that dieting mindset of, you know, like not eating and restricting, restricting, and then you can't control the eating. Well, you can't, the problem isn't the, I can't stop myself from eating. The problem is that you're getting yourself so hungry that you would lose control of your eating. Does that make sense? Because again, the, the solution is not that you're going to have some magical willpower you never eat. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, you're not gonna, that doesn't exist that point. So what we want to do is we want to start to think holistically. And when the problem shows up, we want to go back in time and say, where did this start from? And when it comes to like, again, getting overeating, the binging, the, the number one cause of the binging is usually over restricting, you know? And so instead of restricting too much, start eating more strategically, 
You know, I, and so I always say to people, you know, when you wake up every day, when you wake up, your willpower is up here and your hunger is down here typically. And it kind of goes like this throughout the day. And so what people do, breakfast, nah, fuck breakfast. I'm not going to eat it. I'll skip those calories. Lunch, nah, screw that. Oh, now they start getting the afternoon, right? And now the hunger is up here and the willpower is down here. And now they can't do that. And now like, oh, I got to eat something. Now they eat and now they way overeat. And then it just goes on like that, you know? So, um, and once you get like that, that hunger mode activated, it's like, it's hard to turn it off. You know, so what I do, and again, this flies in the face of the dieting mindset where you just want to, again, you associate the hungrier I am, the better my weight loss. And I think a key part of mastering your weight is mastering your hunger. You shouldn't be hungry all the time in order to master your weight. Now you will be a little hungry, okay? Because you're, you're eating less than you'd used to. So there will be a slight hunger, but that's all it should be is a slight hunger, okay? Anything that exceeds that, you're doing something wrong usually, and it's going to be unsustainable. And so there's a lot of ways to reduce your hunger without adding a lot of calories. Um, I refer you to volumetrics, calorie density of food. Learn about that. That's your best, that's your secret weapon. Fiber, low calorie density of foods. Um, this is your secret weapon to decreasing your hunger and decreasing the calories, which is the holy grail, right? I mean, that's what, if you weren't hungry, that's what the whole Ozempic thing is, right? The semaglutide stuff is, is, uh, is it reduces your, your, your appetite and your, the food noise, you know? Well, you know what does that naturally? When you <laughs> put food in your body, you know, that doesn't have a lot of calories in it and that genuinely nourishes you. There's other ways to do it without doing that shit. Uh, what's up, Doriana? I'm on week five of your program. I'm down seven pounds. Thank you. This is the best program. Doriana, that's awesome. Thanks for those. What are those? Oh, balloons. All right, little red, white, and balloons. Red, white, and blue balloons. That's cool. Doriana, that's great. I'm so proud of you. Very, very good. Very good. That's a great. That's where we want to be. I mean, I think an ideal weight loss initially, you'd be in the one to two pounds range is a nice spot. Um, but, you know, the first month, two months, if you don't lose much, it's not a big deal. Again, we, we really want to focus on what we're doing and is it comfortable because we're looking to change the foundation. And once we have a firm foundation, then we can tweak things to lose the weight. But again, all that requires that you have a long-term time frame. You know, so the most important thing affecting your weight is your mindset. And one of the key factors of your mindset is the time frame that you're thinking in. And most dieters think in a very short time frame, which sets them up for a cascading series of, of failures <laughs> mindset wise. And so as soon as we extend the time frame and you start looking at this as a process, a path that you're on for the rest of your life, it changes everything. You know, and it's really helpful. But great job, Dorian. That's awesome. And I'm actually going to take a little screenshot of that because I love testimonials whoops oh shit <laughs> I stick that there we go it's a great job with that uh, let's see what's all this hell saying yep 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 yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, if you guys got any questions I don't know in the 4th of July a weird week right in, in America here anyways it's a strange week um, I certainly <laughs> <laughs> it's been an odd week for me. Oh, that's cool. Thanks. Like a little heart getting shot at. Um, and I respect you, Dorian, because I, I, know, I know you're using the program and I know that you were really passionate about getting it. So I'm glad that that, that version is working out well for you. That makes me really happy. Um, like I said, I tested out a couple other people using that version of it. And so I know um, that, that it works really well. So that, that's super. Um, but yeah, you know, in, in America here, it's a weird week. And, you know, weird weeks are okay. Uh, but it's important, I think, that you frame them for what they are, you know? So I can tell you I'm in a weird week uh, 
uh, I'm in a weird week because uh, like Tuesday was the holiday. And so Monday I was like, oh, I guess I'll work because it's not a holiday, but I didn't really work. And then Tuesday came along and I was like, oh, barbecue. So I was like eating, eating weird. Um, and then, then now it's Wednesday and I feel like the Monday. So it's like men- mindset wise, it's a weird space to be in. And I would expect that it's probably something like that for you. It's just weird. And I think it's important to understand that anytime it's weird, right? Like, like life's weird. I think it's important to recognize that that uses up cognitive energy. You'll be a little bit depleted, even if it's good, right? I mean, it's been a great week for me. I slept a lot. It's been awesome, but it's still, I'm, I'm out of my autopilot mode and we're, we're, we're meant to be in autopilot mode. So as soon as we're out of autopilot mode, it takes more energy and it can be a little more tiring and that can lead to, you know, weird eating patterns. So, um, again, it's important just to kind of frame it and see it as such. Uh, Jill Tastic, do you use tools like intermittent fasting or OMAD? Um, I do use intermittent fasting. Technically, again, I, I've never really got an answer. Vicki, if you're here, I know you're an expert at this. Would it be considered intermittent fasting to not eat, say, six or seven to seven or eight? So what's that, 13 hours or so? Is 13 hours considered intermittent fasting? I keep meaning to look this up, and I don't know. So I know you're an expert, Vicki, if you're still here. Um, so anyways, is that count that's my intermittent fasting however and i always like to make this disclaimer that i i kind of backed in intermittent fasting 30 years ago it wasn't called that and i didn't think of it as fasting um i do now i call it nighttime fasting because again i'm not sure exactly what the definition of intermittent is but um so i think that it's great i i love it but i say i backed into it for a very important reason i see a lot of people struggling with intermittent fasting and i think the main reason is is they're just like most americans <laughs> maybe most people i don't know but they just jump into it like just jump into perfection and i find this is such a big problem with most diets in general this idea that you know today's sunday and tomorrow's monday and i'm a completely different person who acts completely different eats completely different and i'm gonna be that way until i lose the weight and there's no room for improvement or growth or learning or development, you know, or practice. And so I like intermittent fasting as I use it, um, but I worked up to it. You know what I mean? I, I used to eat right until I went to bed. And so I kept moving that time frame up earlier and earlier, you know. But now here I am, 30 years, I never, you know, again, every night I stop eating 6, 7 o'clock, I wait till the next morning. And I love that. It feels great. I think it's very natural and normal to give your body a break. Digestion is a huge use of energy you know, in your body. And so to eat right up till sleeping time was, you know, I thought I was a shitty sleeper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Time restricted eating. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, I knew I, I had a feeling about that. Okay. Thank you, Vicky. I appreciate you writing that. So yeah. So I guess I do time restricted eating. Um, again, you know, what's that three hours do? I'm sure there's some medical thing it probably does. Uh, but you know, what I would say is, again, work your way up to it. I find that the big problem is people try to just jump into it. They can do it for a day or two, and then they, they can't do it, and then they feel like, oh, I blew it. you know. And that's, the, that's kind of the diet in a nutshell anyways, but applied intermittent fasting. So I think it's helpful to work your way up to it. And just like anything else, you know, with dieting, we tend to do too much all at once. And I find it's a lot easier just to do a little bit, get good at it, then do more. Like like you do everything else in life, right? You just, you systematically get better as opposed to weight loss, which is the one thing where we just jump in and be perfect and expect that, you know, which is the weirdest. Um, so yeah. And then OMAD, you know, if that works for you, cool. Uh, that does not work for me and would not, which brings me to one of my core rules that what, there, there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. Okay, please take that to heart. Um, OMAD's fine. You know, if it works for you, cool. If, if you hate it and you despise it, then it's not cool. Don't do it. There's other ways. Um, those are just 
strategies. Those are tactics to reduce calories. Okay. So there's a lot of ways to reduce calories. It's not just that one. Okay. So again, when you, when you look at your weight loss thing, people, dieters have a tendency to just look at the process and say, I don't give a shit what I got to do. I just want to lose weight. I'll do the most extreme thing. I don't care. And I think that's a huge mistake. I think you really ought to bounce that process off of how you feel about it. And if you despise doing it and you dread it and you hate it, then I would suggest that you find something else because you're not going to do it for long. And so I think that how you feel, now don't get me wrong. I mean, when you do something new, it's always, it takes some effort. It doesn't just feel like a glove right off the bat. Um, But I think it's important to kind of have a sensitivity to how do I feel about this? If you absolutely dread it, I would just skip it. If it's something like, ah, this, is, this is kind of hard, this is a little bit of a challenge, well, that's okay. That's normal. So, so get a sense for that and then um, adjust accordingly. All right. Um, yep. Doriana says, I was struggling for a long time. And I definitely think this is the best way to work with mindset. Oh yeah, sure. Um, yeah, my program, I, I mean, I, I just got to say, I, I don't see, I, I can't even, I don't even think of a second place program that deals with mindset. I don't even know. Can someone, if you can, do you know about another weight loss program that deals with mindset? You know, like like actually giving you a thin mindset and helping you develop it. You know, you can say Noom with, with some of their psychological stuff, but like my program, it's a hypnosis session every morning for five minutes with a, with a weight loss mantra. Each one's different for eight weeks. At night, there's a 10 minute session with another core weight loss mantra and install it. I show you how to use this process to program your subconscious mind so you think, and act like a thin person. I give you a, a weight, a workbook that you fill out. It's a 60 page workbook so that you have a mindset, lifestyle, and eating blueprint that's customized to you so you can live like a thin person. <laughs> I work with you twice a week, you know, in person to coach you. Uh, there's a, you know, a, a 25 session hypnosis library, you know, there's trainings at the wazoo. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. Like, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be conceited or like I'm the only person on the planet who thinks about weight loss, but I do think that I, I don't even see a program that, touches your mindset you know so so if, you, if there is anyone that please let me know um so yeah uh there's always donuts at my work <laughs> that sucks that's hard but you know listen th- th- that that sucks on one hand because it's always the temptation there but on the other hand it's a temptation that you can prepare for okay and um what that comes down to is, again, I mean, this is program yourself then is really built around two techniques. It, it's a, it uses a self-hypnotic programming process and you do the redo technique and the re- rehearsal technique. So when you have like donuts at work, it's, it's good because it's the same thing all the time. And so it, you can prepare for it. And what you're doing is you're changing your response to it. And that requires that you learn from your mistake because you're not going to be perfect right away. So you learn from the mistakes and you program in the new ways of thinking, feeling, and behaving in that scenario. And because it's consistent, it's relatively easy to program in new behaviors into it when you know what you're doing. And so without getting too complicated with the process, it's basically saying, how do I want to respond to those donuts? Right? What's the best, I'm assuming your name's not rhythm, but if it is, what's the best rhythm? Who Who's the best version of me how does the best version of me respond in that situation when there's donuts at work? Cause you never ask that question, right? You're always asking question. What's wrong with me? Why do I keep eating the donuts? Why do I keep eating those donuts? What, why, I want to lose weight and I keep messing up and you keep thinking about why you keep doing the wrong thing. So you need to change that question. And you need to change that mental programming into how do I want to act around those donuts? How do I want to think and feel about those donuts? And then you reinforce that into yourself. So it's not rocket science. It's pretty simple, but no one ever talks about it. Um, but yeah, you can have control over those donuts. 
Definitely. I think when we go extreme, there's maybe a false expectation the weight will fall off versus over time. Jill, I think you're a thousand percent right. I think that's very true. And it, listen, it's not your fault. I mean, if you think about it, if you take a step back, all of us in our lives, we have been stead a, a, fetty, a steady diet of bullshit from the diet marketing. I mean, we have seen millions of diet ads, all of us, right? I mean, it's just, it's everywhere and it's all our lives. And every single diet ad, right? Every single one, no matter what the diet is or the philosophy is about it, every one of them is promising fast weight loss, right? That's why I always say most dieters think in terms of days, weeks, and months. And when you want to get into weight mastery, you have to start thinking in terms of months, years, and decades and forever, right? That's a big difference. Um, but you've got to get over that that time frame glitch, <laughs> you know, because it really is. I always say like the dieter, your the dieter's mindset is like a Russian nesting doll of concepts. And the outermost one is that it's a temporary thing. I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. And as soon as you think of it as a temporary thing, the next thought becomes, okay, well, let's get it over as quick as possible. And then the next question becomes, well, let's do the most extreme things. That's going to be the fastest results. And so it becomes this whole process that leads you to failure basically but it starts with that outermost frame and i asked that person like how long do you want to keep the weight off for you know how long do you want to keep the weight off for and i know everyone always says forever okay so then you may want to start with maintenance instead of and here's here's what i'll tell you instead of focusing and letting your goal be i want to lose x amount of pounds let it be i want to weigh x amount of pounds stop don't let your goal be i want to lose weight let it be i want to live at my goal weight for the rest of my life on near autopilot is that not a more accurate and compelling goal you know just focusing on weight loss you get what you get you lose weight you get down there and then you don't know what to do because you never practice maintenance you never practice thinking and living at your goal weight you're always living as an overweight person and then you lose the weight very consciously and intentionally and then you go back on autopilot and your weight goes back up and never in that scenario do you ever practice and get good at being a thin, healthy person. You never practice it. You practice losing weight. Then you go into autopilot, put the weight back on and maintain your higher weight. Then you get very intentional, lose the weight, autopilot back up, you see? So you have to reprogram your subconscious mind so that you think, feel, and act like a naturally thin person. It's a completely different process than dieting. So, um, oh, and Hassan says, how to switch from dieting to maintaining. Yeah, yeah. Um, make that switch as fast as you can <laughs> because again, fuck the dieting. you got to stop thinking like a dieter. It's a temporary thing. You just want to lose the weight for a month. You tell me how long you want to lose the weight for, you know? So if you tell me forever, cause I can hear you, then you better start with your maintenance. What's the point? What's the point? People always say, Oh, what do you think about? What do you think about water fasting? Well, I think it's stupid. I think it's a great way to lose some weight and then feel disappointed and then create a very unhealthy relationship with your body and food. I think that's what it's great for in terms of living at a lower weight. I think it's a horrible strategy. You know, it's obviously short term, right? And uh, so why do anything short term? Like I, I optimize all of my behaviors towards long, long-term success. And so here I am, I dropped 50 pounds and I've been the same weight for 30 years. I had one little blip 12 years ago, um, but it's been the same weight. And I anticipate myself living at the same weight for the next hundred years because I love living this way. Because I've created a plan that's built around me. So I love it. And so I started with maintenance in mind. And most people focus on losing weight with extreme methods that they can't maintain. And yeah, so start with your maintenance now. That's, that's, my, that's what you sw- shift from. And so how do you switch? You start asking the question, do I want to live this way forever? And if the answer is a hard no, 
then find something else. Tough shit. I, I, it, I didn't say it was going to be easy necessarily, but what's the point of doing something extreme for a little while? It seems like that is, I know it is. The most destructive thing that can happen to you on your weight loss journey is not when you try something and it doesn't work. It's when you commit to something and it does work and then you put the weight back on. Most people can only handle a few of those before it just destroys them. And that's where most of my clients end up working with me is they find themselves constantly thinking about weight loss, but they don't, they're just stuck though, right? They're always thinking about it, but never actually making it happen. And a lot of that's because subconsciously you're protecting yourself. You now subconsciously link losing weight to failure. So now you're just stuck, you know? And so the way to get out of that again is to reframe the goal from I want to lose weight to I want to live at my goal weight forever on near autopilot. Write that down and make that your goal that you focus on. And that is the maintenance. That is a maintenance plan. And that's how you make that shift. Um, Live Your Light says, is the program a hypnosis program? Uh, It is not a hypnosis program. I would say first off, program yourself then is a personal development program because I believe wanting to lose weight is not enough motivation. We can argue about it if you want. I'm happy to have that conversation. I think you need to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. And you need to make this a more meaningful process, not just of losing weight, but of becoming the best version of yourself possible. And one part of that is being at your goal weight. But there's a lot of other benefits. Your relationships are better. Your work improves. You know, you feel better personally. You know, all the things that are important to you get better as well. So we bring in a lot more motivation that way. Um, so yes, I do use, there's hypnosis sessions that you listen to and those supplement the core of the program, which is you learning how to program your own subconscious mind. And so I teach you a technique, a self-hypnotic programming. That's a a process I came up with self-hypnotic programming. And I teach you that technique. It takes a minute or two. You do it at night. And it's again, those two techniques, the redo and the rehearsal technique. And you use those to program your own subconscious mind. And the reason why is this is that. It's like that, that saying, right? Uh, give a person a fish, feed him for a day, teach a person a fish, feed him for a lifetime. Same thing. I used to just do hypnosis with people and it was okay results. They're kind of hit and miss. When I started teaching people how to do it themselves, that's when the results got consistently a lot better. So that's the core of it. Um, that's that's the, the technique you use to install your new behaviors. But what are your behaviors? And that's the workbook, what you go through. Again, there's three pillars to weight mastery, mindset, lifestyle, eating. I like to make a pyramid shape. Mindset's at the bottom. It's the most important. Then lifestyle. Then the eating. Most people just try and do the eating. It's like trying to build a house from the roof down. Doesn't work. And so we start with the mindset, work on the lifestyle, and then get to the eating. And you customize these strategies to you. Imagine that. <laughs> right? And so you go through that work. So again, it's a, it's a complete comprehensive approach to mastering your weight. It certainly uses hypnosis as well because it's very effective. But the hypnosis sessions are really a supplement to the process of self, you know, using the self hypnotic program on yourself and filling out the blueprints and having your own customized system that you're going to follow. So that's the whole whole thing. Yeah, Jill says the weight didn't come on overnight. Yeah, exactly. And people say that, but again, you're, it's not your fault that you're so impatient. I mean, we're impatient by nature, and then that's encouraged through all the dieting marketing. So that you can't even. I always say to people. You can't even separate weight loss from dieting, most likely. That you just can't even think of a way. You, you never think of weight mastery. That You never use that phrase. No one does. I use it very intentionally. Because weight loss is just a phase. The weight loss phase is going to take you a couple months 
a couple of years maybe, and then it's over. Then you want to live the rest of your life at that weight, right? So, so the weight loss phase is a tiny part of the process and that's all you're fixated on and you're doing crazy shit to make it happen. And then you get to the goal weight if you're the few times you do it and then you're woefully unprepared to live it that way. You are not practiced at that at all. You never practice living at your goal weight. That's why you're not at your goal weight, not even close to it most likely because you have, you never practice it. You're, you're a dieter mindset where you live overweight is the norm and then you intentionally focus on things and you lose the weight. And then once you lose the weight, your brain just goes short circuits because you're not used to living it. You have no neural wiring. You have no mindset to live at your goal weight. You know how to live overweight and you know how to diet to lose the weight. And those are your two modes. True, <laughs> right? I know what I'm talking about. I've been doing this. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to sound like a conceited asshole, but I've, I've done over 5,000 private weight. I've been doing this 20 years. I know how you think, right? Because your mindset's the number one thing affecting your weight. Um, Doriana says, no way, no other program teaches it about mindset, and I've done them all. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. That's why I know you want to get this program so bad, right? Because it, it really is. I mean, I'm out there in the world. I, I don't see anything that, that deals with your subconscious mind. And you're going to talk about mindset. You've got to talk about your subconscious mind, by the way. Okay. Understanding your conscious subconscious mind dynamic is absolutely crucial without understanding that you're just, you're just, you have no clue what you're doing. I don't want to get too carried away, but, but I'm going to listen. I'm just going to be honest with you all. Cause that, that's my, I, I always, I pledge to be honest with you. And so sometimes the truth hurts. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to bullshit you here. This is way too important. Um, you have no clue how to lose weight. You have no idea how to live at your goal weight. You, you've got a vague idea that I should eat better and do this thing, but you have no idea how to change your thinking, your feeling, and your behaviors. You know as little now about how to live at your goal weight as you did before you started your first diet. The diets never teach you how to change your mindset. They tell you, they say, okay, here's what to do. And they give you a plan and you're supposed to follow it. Well, how do you get yourself to follow it? You've got one tool and one tool only, and it's woefully inadequate and it doesn't work. What's that tool? Willpower. You try and force yourself to follow the plan and it works for a little while and then it doesn't work anymore. And that's what you keep doing. And until you learn how to reprogram your mindset to create the mindset of a thin, healthy person, you're most likely always going to be in this dynamic of being overweight, losing it for a little bit, going back to overweight, losing it for a little bit, going back to overweight. Now you're stuck here because you can't get yourself to lose it for a little bit. And that's where most people end up working with me, you know? Um, and it's all a mindset thing, you know? But listen, I, I want to mention this real quick. If you aren't in my world and, and what I'm saying is kind of new to you, um, or if you've been me while you haven't done this yet, go to my bio and click that link and get your hypnosis session. It's a free hypnosis session. It's a kickstart session. It's a new thin me. And what it does is it helps you to clarify what your weight loss goal is. And it makes it bigger than just visually you're going to look better. It makes it way more compelling and visceral so you can connect to it, which makes it more inspiring. It makes you more motivated <laughs> naturally. If you've never experienced hypnosis or you've experienced kind of lackluster hypnosis, you really ought to test it out. It's a 10 minute session. You get nothing to lose here. Completely free. And then once you sign up for it, I send you a training, three steps to master your weight. It's a half hour that will transform the way you think about your weight. So if you're even remotely serious about changing your weight, go get those things. And then I email you every day, positive, encouraging coaching emails. Um, oh, thanks for the balloons. Oh, cool sticker fish. I love those guys. <laughs> uh, 
How can we lose weight when we binge, even if we don't restrict ourselves? Okay. Um, yeah. So that becomes, now listen, I did say over-restricting tends to be one of the main causes of binging. Um, another one tends to be emotional stuff. There's intense emotions we don't want to deal with. So we use the binging cycle, cycle of binging and then feeling like shit about it. We get caught up in that and it helps keep us away from the shitty emotions we don't want to feel. Very common. That can be another one. And the other one is just a habit. I just, when I eat, I eat a lot. Okay. And so how do you lose weight when we binge? Well, you got to stop binging. Okay. But you got to look at the binge as a behavior and you need to recognize the binging behavior runs in patterns. Not all binges are the same. So there's very, your binging is very pattern oriented. It's not just happening all day. It's not just happening spontaneously at different times. It's very, very pattern oriented. And so you want to dissect the binges and you want to recognize, okay, I have my nighttime binging after work. I'm depleted, exhausted, and I binge there. And then there's binging on the weekend when I feel lonely. I'm just using these examples. But you want to start to dissect these binges and understand what's going on so that the more you understand about them, the more you can come up with a more elegant solution. And so, again, I have time to go into all the details of that, but I'll just start off with, with starting to understand why, when you're binging and what's going on, what's leading to it. And that awareness, a lot of times, will reveal the solutions. Um, what do you think about a thousand calories a day? Um, it just depends. You know, there really is no, there's no, in my world, there's no right or wrong with things. And so there's, again, the, the core golden rule of programming yourself thin is there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you, right? So if a thousand calories is, works great for me, who gives a shit? If, you know, that's not you. And so if you have tried a thousand calories 50 times and it never works, I would, my, what I would think about is that you should do something else. You know, because what most likely, what I find a lot of times happens to people, and I'm not saying this is you, but very common pattern is people will track their calories when they're motivated and focused and they're not tracking their calories when they're off plan, you know? And so people don't really have a good idea where they're typically at. Weight loss comes down to reducing your calorie intake, okay? And so what we tend to do with diets is we go, we way overcorrect. You know, it, it was very normal. It's starting to change a little bit now, but it was very normal for most diets. You start them and you're cutting 50, 60% of your calories out on day one, and you're supposed to maintain that cut until you reach your goal weight. Well, bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, like 50, 60% of your calories cut is, is a huge shift, and it's very difficult to maintain that. But people don't work up to that. They just start there on day one, and they can't do it for long, and then they say, oh, I can't do it. Well, I'm broken. I have no willpower. I'm an overeater. I can't eat. I can't control my eating but it's just a shitty strategy. Fucking goofy. It's like, I always say, it's like you want to learn to play the piano and you say, I'm going to learn to play the piano. I'm going to practice eight hours a day. Okay, maybe the first day and the second day you get crippled up fingers. You can't even practice. <laughs> That's metaphorically what people do themselves with dieting. So what do I think about a thousand calories a day? It depends on the context in which it's happening. And so it depends on what your situation of it is. And again, if you're close to it and it's cool, keep it up. If you try and do it and it's not working, switch it up. Okay, find something that resonates with you. Um, Mickey says there's an American TikToker who works with mindset has a podcast too. Can't think of her name. Um, yeah, if you see her, let her know. Cause I, I love, I love listening to other people. I always say I would have listened. I'm a person. I would have loved to have just like someone already had a system to deal with mindset and help people lose weight. I would have loved to just learn that and use it. You know what I mean, um, I just, I'm on the path I'm on because I tried that and there's, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good stuff out there that that's applicable to weight loss but there's very little weight loss specific mindset material. And so for me, it's been a path of discovery, like of creation, you know, what they say the, the mother of um, invention is necessity, you know? And so there needed to be this because 
the main problem in my book of why people can't lose weight isn't that they don't know what to do. I have yet to meet a, meet a person who doesn't know enough about what they should and shouldn't eat to lose weight. The big problem is they can't get themselves to consistently eat that way because they have no knowledge or ability to influence their behavior only because they haven't been taught it either. It's not rocket science. It's just that you literally have never been taught it. Why? Because me thinks that, uh, he thinks that these diets don't want you to lose weight. You know, all these big diets you know about are all owned by big food companies. Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Um, Atkins Food Products was owned by the same company as Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. Slim Fast was owned by the same company as Ben and Jerry's Ice Cream. You know, is it any mistake that they never give you the mindset piece? You know, and instead just tell you what to do? Hey, that doesn't work. So you need more to it. So anyways, yeah, if you let her know, let me know that if you ever find a Vicky. What do you think about Bethany Frankel's book, Naturally Thin? Oh, I, I've not read that. I, I know she she does a lot of that stuff. Um, I'll check that out, actually. I'll write that down. Because, again, I, I would like to see it. I know a little bit about Bethany Frankel. I used to watch that show a little bit in the early days. Um, I would say I'm not, I'm not going to wait to judge it. But what I will say is, and I, I just want to write this down naturally thin i'm gonna check that out uh you might be on the right path because what i like to do the, the core of everything i do a program yourself then is role modeling um i found people that were successfully had lost weight and kept it off what are you doing you know what i mean what's the mindset how are you thinking about things you know the, the, the inner workings of how you created that shift which was very very eye-opening and so so bethany i'm, I'm gonna imagine she's good at that like you can see how she's thinking and so I think that would be valuable. I think one of the things that I bring to the table, it's very unique, is that I don't just sit here and tell you, well, I, I, I kind of do on the podcast because I'm not working with you, but I feel like what I do with my clients and people in my program is that I help them get from point A to point B because information does not equal behavior, right? So for I always use this example that if you, you know everything there is to know about writing, right? You can write with your hand. You can write a sentence, a paragraph, a whole bunch of pages if you wanted to. So you know everything there is to write with your hand, but you can't do it with the other hand, right? So, so that information does not translate and be able to do it with the other hand. It takes practice and put it into neurology. And so the process of being able to do something is not, it's not enough just to be told what to do. There needs to be some kind of process that helps you assimilate and internalize that information and turn it into behavior. That's why I think Program Yourself Thin is so powerful and so unique. It's, I've never seen another, I've never seen anything close to this. Even, this isn't even hypnosis, folks. <laughs> it, it's self-hypnotic programming where you are using a hypnotic process, which just means using your imagination. Don't let that word confuse you. Um, to install and influence your subconscious mind to think, feel, and behave the way you want it to. And so I think that's what makes it so unique. I think most things out there are just telling you what to do. And that's usually not enough. But I will check out that book too. So I appreciate you telling me that. Um, my nutritionist told me anything under 1,200 is too low. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I tend to think that too. So again, if I say that, who gives a shit? I want you to recognize yourself. If you go to 1,000 calories, do you feel obsessively hungry? Meaning you're thinking about food all the time. You're thinking about how hungry you are all the time. That's probably not a good place to be. You want to be in a place where you might feel a little bit hungry. That's okay. Um, but you don't want it to be this obsessive focused thing. And I know it, I used to be a raw foodist and I felt okay physically. I felt pretty good physically, but mentally and emotionally, I was absolutely obsessed with food. And so, you know, it, it came, it finally dawned on me, this isn't a healthy place to be. 
This isn't sustainable. And that realization was very important for me, you know, to really build a really solid foundation under me because now I'm not hungry at all. You know, now I've habituated to the lower calories and I love how I feel and I'm not hungry. So it's easy for me to maintain it. Okay. Um, may I count calories? Yeah, you can count calories. I, I listen again, there's no right or wrong. There's whatever works for you. I don't like counting calories. You know, I like to make my eating as automatic as possible. I don't want to be thinking about it. So I like to structure eating so I don't have to think about food or what I'm doing and I can just live at my goal weight. That's the goal. Um, but I do like counting calories as a calibration tool. Count your calories for a week just to see what you thought what the calories were, what they actually are, um, what you thought you were consuming, what are you actually consuming. I think that awareness can help you be more strategic in how you're manipulating the calories to get to the weight you want to be at. Okay. Um, but if you love counting calories, just do it. Great. If you hate counting calories, I think it's good to do it for a week or so just to calibrate and then move to more um, intuitive, you know, uh, ways of doing it. Can we order the workbook? Um, no, I, I don't just sell the workbook. It would be useless to you um, to just give you the workbook. I, I know this. I've tested it. Um, so I do have a version of the program that doesn't have coaching that's more affordable. But I definitely I think you need the workbook. You need to know what to do. Um, you need to be able to program yourself so you start doing the things in the workbook. And I think I think you need to have a support system. I think having me as a coach is the ideal support system. I understand financial realities. Um, so the next best thing is to have my hypnosis program. Let me explain, right? So again, there's so much psychology in my program. My program is delivered through the phone, right? Because I know the hardest part of change is remembering to change, right? Because we live our lives on autopilot. So as soon as you order the program, tomorrow you're going to wake up. And when you wake up, there's going to be a message from me. You're going to tap on that message and it's going to bring you to that day's five-minute hypnosis session. So every morning for the next eight weeks, you're going to listen to a five-minute hypnosis session with a weight loss mantra in it. So you're going to calm down. You're going to relax. You're going to connect to your body, quiet your mind, relax your emotions, and you're going to get this positive programming. That alone is going to change the way that you think and act and eat throughout the day. Then at night, you're going to get another reminder to program yourself with a self-hypnotic technique, and there's a 10-minute sleep gnosis session. And there's two of them. One of them has a countout. You can listen to it earlier in the night, then go about your night. Um, or the other one has no countout, and you can listen to it right as you go to sleep. Help you go to sleep, and you get a core weight loss mantra. So I, that you need all those things, in my opinion. The, the workbook in and of itself... Uh, just it, it won't work the way it's designed to. So, but you can get that without the coaching. It's more affordable for people. I understand. I strongly support you get the coaching. I mean, being able to work with me is, I, I, it's in, it's literally priceless. And right now, it's the best deal you'll ever get to be able to work with me um, through that that offer. So, okay, I'll take that if you want to get into the program. Um, <laughs> Chuck says not to rev listen to you. Other than me, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Kathleen says, very true. Mindset's everything. It really is everything. More important than your hormones, your all of it, your genetics, all of it. Um, your system absolutely works. It's genius. Thank you, Chuck. I appreciate that. It gets to be a habit, the eating binging. Yeah, yeah, the eating binging is... I just made a video on this. Listen, eat, like when there's food in front of you and you stop eating, it's unnatural. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like we're, our body, our, our evolved bodies and brains want us to keep eating, right? Because we evolved in a food-scarce environment. So that anytime there's literally, there's a thing called spontaneous veracity or opportunistic veracity. And so like we could be totally full and then we come across more food and we have the ability to get hungry again so we can keep eating it. Because again, food scarce environment, the more you can consume when there's calories around, the higher your chance of um, survival, literally survival. 
So now you've got all that biology and, and neurology that wants you to eat, but now we're in a food abundant environment. Oh shit. Right. That's that's what we're dealing with. So it's like an evolutionary step to be thin and healthy at this point. This is why 75 percent of the population is overweight or obese. It wasn't like that 40, 50 years ago. You know what I mean? Like this is a new thing because there's such a food abundance. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it is processed food designed to get us overeat on top of it. But it's also we're, we're designed to overeat. You know, so it is, it's a habit built on top of a, you know, a biological neurological um, foundation, you know? And so you absolutely can train yourself though. You know what I mean? You get your beautiful prefrontal cortex. Um, you can take control of your behaviors, your thinking, your identity, all of these things. And so it's a very powerful tool, but you have to learn how to use it. It's an evolutionary step. How do you program your subconscious mind to do what you want it to do? You don't know. <laughs> I'm not being a, you know, I'm not trying to gatekeep here. I'm telling you, you, you have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. Your conscious mind is the part of you that's logical and rational. It's the part of you that knows, wants you to lose weight, knows why you should lose weight, knows what you should do to lose weight, tries to get you to do it. That's where your willpower is. It has about 10% of your brain. The rest of your brain is the other 90%. And a big part of that's your subconscious mind that you can program. You can influence it. This is the part of your mind that does all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And what you do when you diet is you try to use your conscious mind to fight against your subconscious mind. And in Program Yourself, then we use your conscious mind to reprogram your subconscious mind so that it automatically starts to think, feel, and behave differently. I hope that makes sense, you know? Because you're feeling like there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Your strategy is just horseshit of trying to fight against your subconscious. You're going to lose. That's what happens. You get really focused and motivated for a little while. You can keep it up for a little while. And the second you get distracted, bored, tired, sick, and your focus shifts a little bit, what do you do? You go right back to doing what you always did because you never reprogrammed your subconscious mind. So it just goes back to doing what it always did. And so it's really a process of reprogramming your subconscious mind so you naturally and automatically start to do the things that keep you at your goal weight. As I said, uh, it, oh, so let me, let me give you an example that you can relate to. Brushing your teeth. That's a behavior you installed in your subconscious mind, and now it runs on autopilot. I mean, you're somewhat aware of it, but mostly you wake up and you just, you know, half sleepwalk to the bathroom. Next thing you know, you're brushing your teeth. You didn't realize it, right? You get ready to go to bed. Before you do it, you make a pit stop and you're brushing your teeth. Then you go to bed, you know? And so you've automated that behavior. Good job. That That's using the old noodle, right? That's being strategic and intelligent. But I've got like seven, eight other habits I've installed beyond that that keep me at my goal weight. You do most of the heavy lifting anyways. So I got my subconscious mind working with me as opposed to working against me. And that's the big difference between me and you. You know, that's the big difference. Um, I'll check out your bio. Yeah, smart. I mean, if you're remotely interested in, in mastering your weight, I, I don't, I wouldn't believe you if you didn't go to my bio. Which I don't believe you anyways. Don't take me, don't get mad. But most people don't want to lose weight. Most people wish they'd lose weight. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're in this pattern of just kind of fantasizing about losing weight, but you're not really serious about it. You know, what if you're weight gain hormonal? Um, yeah, Crystal, I, I, I get that. And I'm not saying that, that there aren't hormonal shifts that happen to people that can make it harder. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, but ultimately at the end of the day, it is, it's your mindset that's the most important thing impacting your weight, more important than genetics or hormones or menopause or diabetes or type two insulin resistance. It's, um, 
it all comes back to your mindset because that controls your eating, you know? And really the, the process of the order of operations here is that, you know, it's your thoughts that lead to your feelings, then your feelings lead to your behaviors and your behaviors lead to your weight. And most people just try and focus on the behaviors and just changing them. But really the secret to mastering your weight, to changing them long-term is you have to change how you're thinking, which changes how you feel, and then that changes your behaviors and that changes your weight, you know? But yeah, hormonal stuff is real. But at the end of the day, it really is how you're eating and your lifestyle that has the biggest impact on your weight. And I've yet to see a person, PCOS, people lose weight in the right conditions. Um, type 2 diabetics lose weight. Um, Hashimoto's people can lose weight in the right situations. So I, I in my life, I have not seen an example of a person who can't lose weight if the calories you know, are, are, are treated properly. Again, I'm not saying it's not difficult for people. It is. It's, it's harder and, and faster and slower for different people based on genetic and hormonal issues and other physical issues. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it comes down to what you're putting in your mouth, how much you're moving, your lifestyle, you know, is the biggest thing. Um, they know intellectual, but not some kind. Yep. yep. Um, 33 million K. How's it going? Michicom. All right. The crew back. <laughs> I got in here Monday. There was like one person on here. Of course, I was only in here for five minutes. I, I thought it was going to work that day. And I was like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> uh, but we're back to normal. How do I stay easily in a calorie deficit on vacation? Oh, you're not going to like this. You're not going to like this, but I don't think vacation's a time to be in a calorie deficit. Now I know the impatience says, well, I got to, but that's not ideally where I'm going to be. But if you want to be in a calorie deficit on vacation, Oh, I don't know. Because I'll tell you why. My experience has been, I always say to people, like, I believe that vacation, holidays, we're doing this. Okay, so let me, I got to back up a little bit. Stay with me for a second. I think, what's your goal weight, right? And so people oftentimes have goal weights that are kind of devoid of meaning. And what I mean by that is that they, they kind of pick an arbitrary goal number. They say, well, I want to weigh X amount of pounds. And I said, well, why? Well, that's what I weighed when I was 18. That's what I weighed when I got married. That's what I weighed when I lost weight on Weight Watchers. Okay, but why do you want to weigh that now? Well, that's, that's what I weighed, right? So there's not a lot of meaning there. And so we need to understand, this is where all weight mastery starts from, is having a real congruent goal of why you want to weigh that. And so we need to have more meaning to it. So I would suggest that the goal weight you pick is based on the weight that's going to give you the best quality of life. And in order to figure that out, you got to take into account both sides of the equation, which most people don't do. Most people choose their goal weight as if the weight lives in a vacuum. They'll say, I want to be X amount of pounds. Well, it's like, okay, but how do you have to eat and live in order to achieve that weight? Right? So I got, I always, this is a story I always tell because they won the, right now they're in first place. They won the award for the craziest goal weight goal. <laughs> and they got on the call, they got a coaching call and uh, I said, okay, well, so what's your goal weight? And they tell me the number. And I said, okay, when's the last time you weighed that? And they're like, uh, seventh grade. I said, seventh grade, right? And you could tell, this is the first time they thought that. They've been saying the number, I think they were almost 40 years old, it was a woman. And um, you could, I, I could tell that, that she had been thinking this number for decades. Just, I want to weigh X, blah, 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 just thinking it. And so when I started diving into it, I could see her face, because we do Zoom calls, right? And so, uh, I could see it when she's saying seventh grade, you know? And then I said, how old were you in seventh grade? She goes, 12, right? And just letting that sit, you know? Cause it's like, okay, your goal that you've been saying for the last 30 years has been that you want to weigh what you weighed when you were 12 years old in seventh grade, right? You're almost 40 year old woman. Now I'm not picking on her because we all do this to some degree, 
you know? But what I'm saying is that for her at 40 years old to be that weight would take an extreme diet and quality, you know, and, and lifestyle. And it would be a shitty quality of life, right? I mean, whatever, like, just to put it metaphorically, if you got to eat carrots and drink water in order to maintain your goal weight, why? Why are you picking that weight? You, you got to wonder, why are you picking it? I'd love to hear your answers. Right? There's no meaning there, right? It's just this arbitrary weight. You just pick this number, but it doesn't mean anything to you. So if it doesn't mean anything to you, there's not much motivation there. Okay. So you want to pick a weight that gives you a good quality of life. And that's taking into account. What am I willing to do to achieve my goal weight? I find a lot of people choose a weight. They're not willing to eat or live that way. Well, if that's the case, what are you doing? Why would you pick a weight that you're not willing to, to accomplish? You're setting yourself up for failure right from the start. So again, we want to pick a weight that gives the best quality of life. Now that brings us to holidays and vacations. I would suggest that whatever goal weight you pick, it's the weight that gives you the best quality of life so that you can enjoy food. And if you can't enjoy food on a vacation, when are you going to enjoy it? Now I'm not saying food is the only thing of enjoyment, but vacations usually I get to enjoy myself. And so me personally, I like to eat what I want on vacation and holidays. And I use that pleasure to help me eat clean the rest of the time. Now, this is just a, a big picture view of my weekly strategy, which the eating strategy is a five days of pleasure or five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. That's how I structure each week. And those two days of pleasure eating are the main way that I'm able to eat clean the other five days of the week. Right? And if we zoom out a little bit, my holiday eating, my vacation eating is what I use to motivate myself to eat well the other weeks of the year. So that when I get to that vacation, when I get to that holiday, I can truly enjoy myself. Now, that's not me going absolutely wild and eating everything in sight because, because I get to practice pleasure eating every week, I've gotten good at pleasure eating. And what pleasure eating means to me is not just eating everything in sight, it's finding out where is the sweet spot where I can get the most pleasure out of eating that. Eating myself silly is not the most pleasure. That's a lot of pleasure followed by a lot of pain. So I found the sweet spot is when I eat what I want and I enjoy it and I eat it you know, somewhat moderately, but I get to eat it and I enjoy it guilt-free. That's a sweet spot for me. Anyways, um, so yeah, how do I easily stay in a calorie deficit on vacation? I don't think you can. Vacation mode for me, I can't tell you the number of times I'm like, okay, I'm going to eat well on vacation. I'm going to eat the same way. I get in my vacation mode, right? Because you're a different person on vacation than you are at home. And all of a sudden I'm in vacation mode and I'm just nowhere near eating the same way. And I don't think you should, but that's up to you to decide. What I have found though is that, because I, I think clients have, screw you, Jim, I'm going to still stay on my plan on vacation. I'm going to eat the same way. And they do it and then they get back and now they're pissed off that they feel like they wasted their vacation <laughs> and now they eat like shit when they get back. I don't know. It doesn't have to be that way, but that's a common pattern I've seen. So anyways, um, how do you usually stay on a calorie deficit on vacation? I don't know the answer to that. I guess stay really focused on your goal maybe. Um, you know, that might be it. Overeat, not control my diet. Um, I also think being positive with yourself helps too. So glad I found you on here. Yeah, Kathleen, I agree with that. Um, being positive with yourself is so, so helpful. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, da, da, da. What is your recommendation for how to start? I love that question because this right away kind of points out a different path than the diets. Because the diets, what are you doing, right? Think about it. You're starting day one being 100% perfect, right? It's that all or nothing mindset. So the first day you start, I'm going to be 100% perfect. 100%. It's funny to say it out loud, isn't it? Like you expect to be 100% perfect, but you do, don't you? Because anything less than 100% feels like catastrophic failure, right? So it's all a mindset. So what's the alternative, right? So the first step, before I tell you what it is, it's a different mindset. It's a different time frame. 
diets are really short-term thinking. How much weight can I lose this week? How much weight did I lose the last two weeks? And if you haven't lost much, eh, you're probably not going to keep going. So right off the bat, you know, with weight mastery, we're not focused. Who gives a shit how much weight you lose this month? Really? I want to know how much weight you're going to lose over the next year. Where are you going to be next year at this time? That's what I'm concerned with. And so let's set you up for long-term success. So how do you do that, right? So theoretically, the concept is the 1% better each day. That's the goal. Instead of tomorrow comes on me 100% better. No, tomorrow we're going to be 1% better. Okay, that's manageable. I can deal with that. And I buy into that idea, right? So how do you make that practical? Well, what I would suggest is you choose your worst eating habit. What is your worst eating habit that shows up multiple times a week? For most people, it's eating at night, overeating at dinner, snacking during the afternoon, right? It's, it's in that ballpark, some of those. And so it's identifying what is your worst eating habit. And that's going to work on that. Not, I'm going to stop doing that. How about you understand it? What's, what's leading to that? Why am I overeating at night? I'm emotionally drowned. I'm absolutely exhausted. And that's how I recover and reward myself. Okay, great. We start to understand it. The more we understand it, the more we can strategize to fix it. But boy, what a difference between using strategy to change how you eat and your weight and just using willpower. I, I can't even, again, go watch that training. It's free. Go, go to my bio, get your hypnosis session, listen to it, watch the training I give you because it's a completely different paradigm of dealing with your weight. Again, it's weight mastery as opposed to weight loss and they're worlds apart, but it's built to be practical. That's always my favorite, favorite compliment people pay me, my clients, is this most practical approach to mastering your weight because I'm in the field. I'm one of the few, I don't know, you tell me who works with someone to help them lose weight consistently. I'm not a nutritionist or dietitian, which I respect them, it's fine, but that that is not that helpful in losing weight. Like, don't get me wrong, I mean, knowing what to do in a very clear way, that's it, okay but it's a tiny fraction of the puzzle. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, oh, here you go. You know what I mean? Here's the plan. The hard part is, what do you do when you're discouraged? What do you do when you don't think it's gonna work? What do you do when you think you're just an overweight person and you're scared of losing weight? You know what I mean? Like all these subtle things that really affect whether someone's gonna stick with it or not. That's what I do. I help people, real people, week in and week out, stay on track. And so I know all the subconscious mindset things what do you think you've lost weight before so why are you overweight now you know what to do you've done it before so why aren't you doing it <laughs> right pretty interesting question isn't it you know it's all your mindset and you have no you don't even understand your mindset never mind be able to change it you know so again go watch the training it, it, it'll it'll give you a paradigm it'll, it'll give you context conceptual understanding of how to truly transform yourself into the thin, healthy person you want to be. And you'll instantly realize everything up until this point, and I mean this, the last 20, 30, 40 years that you've been trying to lose weight, you're going to realize, holy shit, I have not thought about it this way, not even once. I haven't once made this, my mindset, the main focus. Because all you're focusing on is tactics. How do I eat? What exercises should I do? And you never think about the mindset piece. You don't, I guarantee you. <laughs> because there's no mindset stuff out there. I don't know, you'd name me the mindset system. And just teaching you psychological factoids, Noom, you know what I mean? That, that to me, great. When you're motivated, those are great. What do you do when you're not motivated? What do you do when you're not motivated to get yourself motivated? 
Do you have any strategy at all? I have not seen a strategy out there. You know, it's, it's just, it's rare, you know, and people just giving you bullshit, like factoids about what you could do is different than knowing what to do consistently to maintain your motivation, your focus and your excitement. So yeah, anyways, what recommendation to start is start with your worst habit. Keep it simple, 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 simple. Um, I've never looked at goal weight like that. Thank you. I need to be realistic and reset my goals. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love hearing that. That's so great. Listen, I reset my goals, right? I've been doing this personally for 30 years. 12 years ago was the, was the blip in my weight where my uh, kind of confluence of things all at once, right? My son was born. He wasn't a great sleeper. So I was kind of tired from that. Um, we moved into a new house. We redid the whole thing. I'm running my business. So I was exhausted. That's what that means. And so I put almost 25 pounds on you know, in like six months. And what I did though, is, is I raised my goal weight. I, I dropped 15 of it, but I raised my goal weight by 10 pounds because in that situation in life, I looked at it and I said, okay, for me to get back to that original goal weight is going to take a lot more effort than I'm willing to put in right now. I don't give a shit. I'd rather carry the extra 10 pounds around for now. Um, cause I, I just don't have the, the focus or the energy to do that right now. So I raised my goal weight. Who gives a shit? You gotta stop. I'll tell you, you know what? Everyone gets my program. Most people that get my program are overthinkers. I think you gotta be an overthinker. For my program to work for you, I think you need to be thinking all the time. Because what I do, that's a superpower, but you don't know how to use it. You got the supercomputer, but you're running shitty programs. And so what I do is I put good programs into that supercomputer so you start getting super results. And so when you're overthinking though, that usually goes hand in hand with being a perfectionist. And that perfectionist shit is the kiss of death when it comes to weight loss for a number of reasons. Um, one being that a lot of people just, oh, that's the weight I gotta be. And they just pick that and they're not even willing to live that. They're not even close. If you're 40 pounds away from that weight that you've been saying for the last 20 years, please shift your weight, at least half it. Split your goal in half, at least, you know? Cause that number means failure to you now. If you've been saying the same goal weight for the last 40 years, it's subconsciously it's associated with failure. That's why you can't get motivated anymore because you've been saying the same number for so long and not achieving it that now it's just shorthand for I'm not going to do it. And that's why it's not, it's not, you're nowhere near inspiration when you keep saying that same number. Okay. So change it up. Don't feel afraid to cut it in half, right? Because again, you don't want to do that because you want to think of instant weight loss. Everything's instant. If it's not instant, you're not into it. You've got to change that. So you can break your weight loss goal up into phases. You know, it's, it's I don't know. Anyways, but but great job. Just, just add caramel. That's, that's super. Yeah, reframe your weight loss so it feels more motivating and, and doable. You want that. I love the term weight mastery. Yeah, me too. <laughs> right? I love weight mastery because it's like, it's a path around. You know, I was thinking this the other day, one of the real things I lucked at, and I, I've been very lucky. I mean, the, the universe smiled down on me. There was about a month. It was literally about a month in my life. I was a mess. I was a binge drinking. I was 50 pounds heavier. I, I was just lost in, in so many ways. And I took a semester off from college. And it was like, uh, there was literally like a month at that time. I was exposed to neurolinguistic programming, hypnosis, Tony Robbins, guitar, martial arts, meditation, yoga, all of these things in like a month. And it was just like a miracle, but that part, but the part that was on me, I grabbed onto it. I saw an opportunity and I grabbed onto it both hands and it was transformative. And, um, part of that process that was so helpful. And a lot of this was the yoga, the guitar, the martial arts is that those things are paths of mastery, 
right? Meaning that you're not going to master it in a year. You never master it. You're never done. There's no finish line. And so the paradigm of those things is that you just, it's lifelong, right? You just stick with it forever and you just keep getting better and 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 better. And, better, better, better. and I love that idea because it stands in stark contrast to the weight loss thing where, again, this is a lot of diet stuff, but there's this phony, fake, arbitrary finish line of weight loss. And it's one of the most destructive mindsets that you can have because I'm sitting here telling, I tell us to obese clients I work with, I say, listen, we're in the same boat because tomorrow we each wake up in the morning and we got to go about our day. And so, yeah, I'm starting mine at my goal weight and you're starting yours overweight, but it all comes down to what we're going to do tomorrow. And I know tomorrow, I know what I'm going to eat and what I'm going to do. And it's that behavior pattern that's going to keep me at my goal weight. And if I woke up tomorrow obese, I would do the same thing and I would start losing weight. It's all about a path of mastery. And mastery to me is comforting because it's not about instant results. There is no finish line. And so it, the concept of mastery embedded within it is to me a sense of peacefulness and patience. There's no rush. What's the rush? <laughs> What's the rush? Who gives a shit? It's not a sprint. You subconsciously think of weight loss as a sprint. You think of it as a short-term thing like literally a sprint. And in a sprint, if you trip just the littlest bit, you've lost the race. The only thing you can win a sprint with is perfection. And that is how you're internalizing weight loss. You're thinking of it as a sprint. And any little mistake you make feels catastrophic, which it is in a short-term time frame. To me, I'm on a never-ending marathon. It never ends. I'm going to be doing this till my last breath. And I love that. It's because it's never ending opportunity for improvement, progress, personal development, growth, evolution. I love it. And I'm thankful for it. But you can see the difference. I'm not conditional. I have bad days all the time. I eat like shit. I, I make the wrong food choices. I overeat. I screw up all the time. And it doesn't matter because I got my time frames this long. It's never ending. So I just readjust, get back on track, learn from it. I don't have this feeling of I let myself down. I fell off the wagon. I'm never off the wagon. Do you understand? Never. I'm always on the wagon. I'm not always perfect, but I'm always learning, always getting better. That mindset, can you imagine? Do you, you see what I'm saying? Like, I hope that makes sense. It's the mindset it is the whole thing. You know? Where is your training videos? Um, the training video you can get for free, go to my bio. You can go to programyourselfthin.com. Okay. You can learn about the program, but in on there, there's a link to get a free hypnosis session. That's what you want. Get that. And when you sign in for that, it takes a couple minutes to process it. And in the meantime, I send you to a training three steps to master your weight that you want to watch that. Okay. Um, and if you're on TikTok right now, you go to my bio, click that link and it'll bring you right to the page. Just opt in. Um, that's how you get the hypnosis session. It'll bring you right to it. You could be watching it in the next few minutes. Watch it watch it okay it's like because here i'm bouncing all over the place but but in that it's it's a systemized i lay it out for you you know what i mean so it'll make more sense conceptually and um it'll be helpful you know if you're serious about mastering your weight i mean what are you doing i i hope listening to me here again i i, I try to be as honest as i can because i'm not you i know you know this i'm not trying to be rude or make you feel bad. I'm trying to point out that the reason you've been floundering with your weight isn't, it has almost nothing to do with your, like your personal characteristics. 
of like your willpower or how addicted to food you are, or how much you love sweets or any of this stuff. And it all comes down to your mindset. And you've never learned how to influence your mindset. All you're doing is you're using the same mindset you got and you're trying to just follow plans. You know what I mean? But it's like you, you get the same foundation. It doesn't matter what fucking diet you do. It doesn't, you can go get surgery. I've worked with people that get their stomach made to be this big and they still, they lose the weight and then they put it back on. It, it, you know what I mean? Like there's no shortcuts to losing weight. There's changing your mindset. In my book, you know what I mean? You buy into that or you don't, that's fine. But um, so anyway, so, so watching that training will reframe this process for you. And I think, I'm not saying it's the easiest thing in the world. I mean, it's still, it's a path of mastery. So, so there is effort, there is ups and downs, there is all that stuff. But here's where it changes. It's a path that it makes sense. I like to equate it to like, to like college. You know, it's like when you go to college, like what an investment, right? I mean, it's like one of the biggest investments you make, certainly at that age and probably in life in terms of how much money it costs, how much effort it takes, how much time it takes, right? But you do it knowing you're like, okay, in four years, I will have this outcome. And you know, along the way, it's going to be hard, a lot of work. I'm going to feel discouraged. I'm going to be feeling like I don't know what to do. But you're investing in the professors, the environment, the structures to get you to that place where you want to be. And that's what program yourself then is, you know, but what you're doing with the weight loss is you keep looking for shortcuts. You just keep looking for shortcuts and it just doesn't work. You're spending all your money energetically, all your energy money. You're spending, you're investing all your energy into shortcuts. And I think the secret is to invest it into just walking the path of mastery, learning it, understanding it, coming up with the right strategies that work for you and then perfecting and optimizing those. That's, that's the plan. And that's a plan that makes sense. The dieting doesn't make sense. <laughs> you think about this. You, you think about losing weight 24 hours a day. You're obsessed. It's the number one thought you have is you think about losing weight the most. That's the most you think about. The thing you think about most. And yet you're not doing anything to make it happen. How much weight you lost last month? This year, how much weight have you lost? How much weight have you lost full year? Right? So since January, how much weight have you lost? Since last year at this time, how much weight have you lost? It's probably very little. What the fuck? How, how can this be? How can it be? You know? And so it's like at some point you got to realize that what you're doing is not working and start walking another path. And, and one that makes sense. How can you be sitting here decades and decades and decades of obsessing on your weight and trying all the diets and weight loss methods and being no further along and understanding how to master your weight realizing holy shit this guy i just stumbled upon on tiktok is saying shit i've never even once thought of in all my decades of trying to lose weight what the fuck have i been doing <laughs> now it's not your fault because it's the diet industry is huge it's a billion billion tens and tens of billions of dollars a year industry and so you're they, they are conditioning you with that you know and so it's a trap but i mean it doesn't make sense what Think about this. What is your plan, man? <laughs> you expect, what are you going to do? Is your plan that you're going to wake up one Monday and just eat totally different? Is that the plan you're relying on? Because there's a lot at stake here. Because does your, the way you're eating and living, do you believe that the way you accumulate the years of how you eat and live accumulated, do you think they're going to affect your lifespan? How long you're going to be on this planet for? How long are you be here living, breathing, being with the people you love? Do you think it has an effect on that? 
Do you think the way that you're habitually eating and living over the years is going to impact your quality of life? The relationships you have, the wealth that you create, the happiness that you enjoy. Do you think it impacts that? Okay. So if you do, we're talking about really serious shit here. Okay. Is your plan to live as long as you can to have the best quality of life you possibly can is your plan that you're going to wake up one Monday and just start following a plan perfectly? Is, is that your plan? What the fuck? Come on, man. Why would that, why, what, what kind of plan is that? Is that a plan or is that just wishful thinking? That's not for me to answer, you know, but I mean, it's, it's for you to look at and reflect on because isn't that what a diet is at this point? How many diets have you tried? Why would, why would some Monday in the future be different than the Mondays in the past? If nothing else changes, well, oh, a new plan. Oh, okay. This plan says just to eat carbs, those, these three hours and then eat protein this hour. And I got it. I got the plan now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? How many times can they shuffle around the deck and give you the same bullshit and you think that's what's going to be the magic secret? Do you think it's, do you really think that's it? <laughs> do you know what I mean? You got to take a step back and look, because again, this is about your lifespan. Do you believe that? I don't know. Some people don't because we're conditioned to minimize the relationship between how we eat and our weight and our lifespan and quality of life. Because there's a lot of money being made off you being overweight, unhealthy, and unhappy. There's a lot of money being made off of selling you this shitty food and you overeating it, selling you diet products and programs, and then treating your medical symptoms with medicines. That's a huge chunk of the economy. So there's a lot of marketing and conditioning that goes into you to disconnect the weight and the way you're eating and living to your lifespan and quality of life. So here's your opportunity to reflect on it. In my world, the way you're eating and living is directly impacted or directly tied to how long you're to live. My dad died at 54 of a heart attack. I was nine years old. So it was a defining experience of my life. So this isn't just about wearing a bathing suit to the beach. This is about living every second you can and having the best quality of life while you're here. And if you're going to base that on some hope that you just magically wake up on a Monday as a different person you you've been warned <laughs> i don't know uh, at one point i was 355 now I'm 180 for two years thanks to you chuck that's awesome man what a, what a hero that's man i love the, the you know the thing i'm most impressed by the, the 180 180 pounds is is awesome but the thing that i am so proud of you for is the two years okay that's what i'm talking about folks i'm not just talking about fucking losing weight <laughs> and notice can i give you eyes to see ears to hear the bullshit the marketing dieting bullshit that you have to wake up to it's when you hear how much weight they lost and how much time that's what you've got to that's got to be a flag in your head and you've got to translate that into how long have you kept it off for and you've got, you've got to stop falling. Because I always say, I love when people, like especially people who want to lose weight, are like, well, I can't be hypnotized. Oh, yeah? You want to know how to hypnotize a dieter? Right? That's always my favorite one, right? My, my favorite induction. 100% of the time it works. Because what is, what is hypnosis? It's when you go from your conscious, logical, rational mind to your subconscious, imagination, irrational mind. And the fastest way to put a dieter into an irrational state of mind, which isn't a bad thing, by the way, but the fastest way to do that is to say, do you want to know how to lose 20 pounds this week? 
because I do have a, a way to do that. Would you like to know? Do you want me to tell you how to lose 20 pounds this week? Naturally, easily. Because <laughs> notice, right? You, you know it's, you, there's no way. There's no, 20 pounds in a week, no. Okay, okay, tell me, tell me, what is it? It's like that, that feeling, you want to believe it. You want to believe it, right? That's kind of hypnosis. Not, I don't want to make it seem like a bad thing, but that's where you're at. You keep, you're so susceptible to the bullshit. It's not your fault. It's a lifetime of conditioning. But you, can you feel that in yourself? Do you want me to tell you how to lose 20 pounds in a week? You, right? You know, you know I'm, I'm telling you, I'm bullshitting you. There is no way. You know, start chopping a leg or an arm off or, you know, doing some really extreme thing like, like draining yourself of liquids and not eating. But you know it's bullshit. I'm telling you it's bullshit. But would you like me to tell you how to do it? I actually do have a way. I was joking. I do have a way. <laughs> that party that wants to believe and is like, oh, oh, that's the part you've got to stop that. Okay. This is again, because hypnosis is not just using your subconscious mind. It's using both your conscious mind, and your subconscious mind together. Okay. Because the way your mind works, like a cruise ship, your subconscious mind's like the crew of the cruise ship and the captain's like the conscious mind. And we can't have one or the other. The captain can't say, okay, crew, go screw off. I'm going to do everything. Well, he can't. And the crew can't say, get out of here, captain. We don't need you. You need the captain. So they, it's a symbiotic relationship. That's what Program Yourself Thin's about. It's about how do you use your conscious mind to program your subconscious mind to do the things you want to do so you can live at your goal weight. That's the, that's the secret. Um, so anyways, great job, Chuck. That's so great. So great. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, it's about control. Yeah, it's great. Can you please write a book? I am working on a book, so I'm, I'm getting starting that officially next week, hopefully. Uh, but but I got so much stuff for a book. I, I want to do that. Um, how do you feel about so so many people getting the gastric sleeve to combat their weight? Um, listen, I get it. I, I'm here to be supportive, and so I, I don't I, I don't want people on semaglutide or Zempix and all those. Um, medicines. I don't want them getting gastric sleeves and, and bypasses, but I understand people get so desperate that they go to that. But I also got the flip side. I've worked with so many people who have gotten the sleeve or the bypass and they put the weight back on. And so finally they say, it's a mindset thing. You know what I mean? And I work with them. Sometimes I'll work with people ahead of time. They say, I got to lose weight to get the surgery. And I say, okay, I'll, I'll work with you. But, but please, if you start losing the weight, can you at least consider that maybe we could just go this all the way, just do a mindset, you know? Um, so again, I, I don't, I don't want to judge. I'm not here to make anyone feel bad. Um, but I think even with the, with the sleeves, even with the, the bypass, with the Ozempics, any of this stuff, at the end of the day, you are going to have to change what's in here to get permanent results. Because the sleeve is a, um, it's a tool, right? Is shrink your stomach down. And so how do people to get their stomach shrunk down to this size put weight back on? Right? Because they almost always lose weight for a little while. But why do a lot of them put the weight back on? Because they just eat all the time now. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's like, they, they because the mindset didn't change, they find a way around a stomach this big. you know. And so again, it just brings you to the point that ultimately it's your mindset that needs to shift in order to live at your lower weight. And um, it's beyond just these physical you know, tools. So that's my thought on that. How do you change the mindset for emotional eating? That's a great question, Joe. So here's the first thing is you need to reframe emotional eating, okay? And, and what I mean by that is that a lot of times the big mistake a lot of people make with emotional eating is they say, I got to stop emotional eating, you know? Wrong. You're doing that for a positive reason. You're emotionally eating for a positive intention. We always do things for positive reasons. So let's just say you had a stressful day and now you're going to sit down with a pint of ice cream to relax, okay? So... We don't want to just get rid of that. We want to realize what am I emotional eating for? 
Again, so we're dissecting what, why, what are my patterns? You've got different emotional eating patterns you have and um, you wanna recognize them because let's just say, okay, I'm eating for relaxation, right? So now the process is changes. So instead of saying, oh, I just gotta get rid of emotional eating because what they're doing is they're saying, I'm getting rid of emotional eating, but simultaneously I'm getting rid of my relaxation process, okay? So now you ate well for a couple of days, but now you're ready to kill someone because you're so tense. So what we want is to recognize, what am I eating for? Oh, I'm eating for relaxation. Now we can ask the magic question. What are some other ways I can relax that don't involve food? Okay, so now we get some strategies, right? So oh, I can take a hot shower, I can go for a walk, I can you know, watch a show, read a book, well, whatever it is for you that's relaxing that doesn't involve food. Now, instead of saying, oh, I gotta stop emotional eating, now the conversation becomes, I'm gonna go take a hot shower to relax. Now it's easier not to eat the food. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's easier because you're still getting the relaxation and now you're just getting rid of the food piece. So hope that makes sense because that's the, that's the blueprint for really mastering your weight. Again, this is one of the main things we go through in Program Yourself Thin is, is how to deal with emotions. Because um, in this society, you've been conditioned to use food as your main emotional management strategy. And so that's a core part of the program is how do you feel the emotions you want to feel and deal with the shitty emotions you don't want to feel without using food. And it's not rocket science. It's pretty simple, um, but you're just never taught it. You just never get to learn it. Um, everything you're saying is so flat out true. I've never felt so heard or understood. That makes me so happy. That's why I do this. Stuff like that makes me so happy. Um, that I do, I do. I, like, I know your mindset better than you. I can articulate it better than you can because I'm on the outside looking in. Like, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I've been obsessed with this stuff for 30 years. I mean, obsessed, you know what I mean? Like 50 books a year, just always, always improving program yourself. Then I've been running program yourself then for almost 20 years. So I'm obsessed with figuring out the best program possible to get people to think, live, and act like naturally thin people. And it all starts with understanding them in the first place. So that makes me so happy. It's so validating for me. Thank you. <clears throat> um, <laughs> yes, please, right? You want to know. You want to know that thing, right? I want to be hypnotized, right? The thing is, you're already hypnotized. Understand that, folks. You're, you know, when people say, oh, I want to be hypnotized, you get hypnotized all the time. Um, you've been hypnotized to live at the weight you're at. Don't you think it's interesting? Your weight doesn't just keep going up and up and up and up. I mean, everyone doesn't end up at 600 pounds. There's like this subconscious kind of like thermostat controlling your weight, is there not? Because you do everything your power to lower your weight, but it always stays pretty much in the same ballpark. How's that possible? <laughs> How is that possible? You ever thought about that? I mean, he thinks it's because you're subconsciously programmed to be at this weight, you know? And so I need to change it. <laughs> Make me hate food. You don't want to hate food, you know, by the way. You, you want to love food, you know, but you want to love your body, you know, as well. Um, but I will say, I guess there is a bit, I do hate certain food stuff. Like I really, I hate processed foods, you know, cause I think about processed foods, like you think about cigarettes, you know? And, um, so I, 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 I recognize how they can be enjoyable and addictive, but then there's my logical brain that says they're just like cigarettes and they're trying to kill me and they don't give a shit what it does to me. They just want to make money. And that's a nice foundation to clarify what you want to put in your body and what you don't. But, you know, that, that is a sense of hypnosis. You woke me up when you said lose 20 this week. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> right? Of course. That's what I'm saying, right? It, it's That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, I did that to you, and I told you I'm bullshitting you. 
these diets are doing the same thing. They're, they're constantly conditioning you and keeping you in a state of hypnosis where you think about weight loss in very short-term ways. You're, you're stuck mindset-wise. That's your primary sticking point to why you can't live at your goal weight. I can't make it any clearer. Um, Jill says, random, how do competitive eaters' bodies hold, digest the largest quantity of food consumed, right? That's a good point. Um, that is a good question. I don't know how, but but our stomachs can really stretch. There's, you know, we, we do have a capacity to eat a lot of food. Again, it's an evolutionary thing, you know, supported survival. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love the emotional eating. Yeah, isn't that good? I mean, it's like, this is what I'm saying. I mean, it's not rocket science, but you never think of it either. You know what I mean? And that that's my world is really <clears throat> 30 years professionally, 20 or 30 years personally, 20 years professionally of what are the concepts, the explanations, the techniques, strategies that make someone thin and healthy for good, you know, and there start to be patterns to it, you know, and it's not rocket science, but it all starts with the mindset piece. You know, what's the next step when you don't believe you emotionally eat? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I guess that's a good question. Um, when you don't believe you emotionally eat, maybe you don't emotionally eat, you know, you might just, uh, eat out of habit, overeat, um, you might eat really fast and that's causing you to overeat. I will tell you this. You, you don't emotionally eat. Let, let's let that go. Um, you do eat very pattern oriented. We, we listen, us humans, we, I don't know. This is always news to some people. Um, but this is just the, the, you know, foundational knowledge for me is that we're, we're, we're designed psychologically, our, our whole makeup, all of us, all of us, there's not anyone outside of this. We're all designed to be on autopilot. We're not designed to be like these conscious robots who just consciously make the decision each moment. We're meant to just, we do what we did. You know, we just accumulate behaviors, patterns. Um, what do they call it? Uh, they call it like heuristics where it's like we have these, oh, if this happens, we just do this. You know, so so we kind of just, we, we create all these uh, shorthand guides in life. And so that we can save energy. You know, one of your brain, your brain is organized. The organizing principle of your brain is to conserve energy. Again, evolution. And so um, we just do what we did. And we want to conserve as much energy as possible. So the more automated we are, the more autopilot we are. It's estimated we make over 200 food decisions a day. So when someone goes on a diet, you know, what happens when you go on a diet is you're trying to consciously micromanage something that's automated. And what ends up happening is it's like, imagine, imagine you woke up tomorrow and you said, I'm going to breathe consciously. Every breath I take, I'm going to do it consciously. Yeah. How would that go? You, you literally couldn't do it. You die. If, if you relied on it, you'd literally die. Um, you, you're not built that way. And that's what you're trying to do when you're eating. You're trying to take something that's meant to be automated and you're trying to consciously do it. And that consciously doing it is using your prefrontal cortex where your willpower is. And what you probably don't realize because people tend to think of willpower as like this non-physical thing that's like this never-ending abundant source of willpower. And it's not true. Your willpower is just like a muscle and it gets depleted. The more you use it, the more you intentionally do things, the quicker you, you zap it and then you don't have it. And then you go into what? Automated behavior, which describes most diets. So, um, yeah. So, so anyways, your eating is, is pattern-oriented. And so maybe it's not emotionally driven, um, but it's very pattern-oriented. You're overeating in a, in a habitual way. And so that's the step is to realize where is my eating right on target for where I want to be and where am I consuming too many calories? And recognizing that and then starting there. 
Um, Vicky says, I absolutely hate cigarettes. Smoking killed my mom. Yeah. I hate cigarettes too. And, and I hate them just as a concept. Which, by the way, if you hate cigarettes, folks, you might want to take a thought about where your food's coming from. Because guess what? <laughs> the, there's a lot of the food companies are run by cigarette companies. Do you know like Nabisco and RJ Reynolds literally merged as the same company? Do you know that the parent company of Kraft is uh, Philip Morris? You know, the, the cigarette companies in the 70s saw the writing on the wall in terms of linking cigarettes and lung cancer. And so they divested from cigarettes into the food companies, you know, and so they brought the same bullshit, making the most addictive products possible and using the most aggressive marketing. And that's where we're at today. And it's a big component of the obesity epidemic. Are there any packaged foods like low carb bread that you recommend as a crutch? Um, low carb bread. I don't like packaged foods as a rule, not to say I never eat them. Um, but I'll tell you, in bread, bread-wise, I eat Ezekiel bread. Um, I would suggest less than the carbs is the form they're taking, you know. So I'm not I'm not against you reducing your carbs. Um, but I would say most people that are really focused on carbs, a lot of times I have found are kind of penny-wise, pound-foolish. And they're missing, they won't eat the carbs from fruit or vegetable, but they'll eat, you know, carbs in other ways, you know, tremendous amounts. So, um Packaged foods. Yeah, I mean, the more natural is the better. I like Ezekiel bread as a bread. And um, then again, the less packaging foods, the better. I'll, I'll just give you that one. Um, so if we're designed in a certain way, <laughs> what does it say? Yeah, so if we're designed in a certain way, how do we all end up in this funk? Yeah, yeah, because we were we we evolved this way in a food-scarce environment. It's the environment that's changed, not us. <laughs> Understand that. Uh, the obesity rates don't double in 50 years because our genetics changed. It changed because the environment transformed so dramatically. Um, they call it, a, I, I always mess up this word, but obesogenic, obesogenic environment. And that's what's happened more than us changing. And so that's how we end up in the funk. Same, because what's happening, just so you know, I, I think this is helpful to know. Why does a cookie, why does the experience of eating a cookie so different than the experience of eating a carrot? Right, and I know what you're thinking because the cookie tastes good, right? Why does the cookie taste good? That's the important question. Does it taste good? Because think about that. It's helpful to know this. The cookie doesn't taste good. What happens is when you eat the cookie, your brain releases all sorts of dopamine, which makes you want to do stuff. And so next time you're feeling kind of bored or whatever, you're looking for something enjoyable, and you think about a cookie, your brain starts releasing a little bit of dopamine and says, we're going to have a lot more if you eat that cookie. Okay. The carrot, not so much. Why does our brain release lots of dopamine when we eat a cookie? Because there's a lot of calories in it. Okay. So we've evolved to want to eat calories. When we're calories in front of us, we release lots of dopamine because we want to eat as much calories as we can. Because again, in a food scarce environment, you don't know when you're getting more calories. They ever notice this? This is why you feel like when you're eating food, there's this irrational belief in the background saying, I better finish this because I don't know when I'm going to get to eat again. doesn't make sense in our environment now, but it's there. Well, that's why. You know, so again, it really is about, you have to evolve. It's literally, it's, it's an evolution. You have to evolve to learning how to eat differently in this environment, but you've got to take it on because you have no, there's no, how about this? There, you have no biological mechanism within you that wants you to lose weight. This is why wanting to lose weight is not enough motivation. It's not. You need to have more motivation. There's not an, there's not one single part of your body or brain that wants you to lose weight. Every part of your body and brain want you to put weight on because it associates that with survival and longevity. So, 
Hope that makes sense. What do you think about eating in the evening? I don't like eating in the evening. That's me. So it's up to you. You know, again, it, it all comes down to how much calories you're consuming a day. That's, that's, the, that, that's the core baseline. Now, you know, but what, how you consume those calories is going to dictate how many calories you're able to eat, right? So if I eat, you know, 2,000 calories of fruits and vegetables, it's still 2,000 calories. As if I eat 2,000 calories of cookies, same thing. It's 2,000 calories, right? And if I used to eat 3,000 calories and I'm eating 2,000 calories of cookies, I'm going to lose weight. Okay, but to start eating 2,000 calorie cookies, it's very difficult not to eat 3,000 calories of cookies. Okay, so so what we eat is important. Um, eating in the evening, I will say this though, because that was my my habit. The first one I really changed to to master the weight. What I will say about this is, so it comes down to calories, but the evening eating has a long term consequence. Meaning, a lot of times, like if you eat right up until bed, digestion's a huge user of energy and so all of a sudden you're laying in bed ready to go to sleep rest recover and it's like your body's running a marathon you know to to digest the food and so when i used to do this i used to be the shittiest sleeper i was like i'm a shitty sleeper i used to i'd sweat i'd toss and turn all night i didn't sleep good and um what ended up happening is i uh i stopped eating at night next thing i was sleeping better okay so when you're digesting your core body temperature goes up what triggers sleep is your core body temperature drops a degree or two so that's, that prevents good sleep. So now you wake up tired and now the next day, good luck eating well. Cause when you're tired, your body craves food, unhealthy food, and you have less ability to stop yourself. So I, I would go to work. I would look to extend the amount of time I don't eat before bed. It's going to help you sleep better. And that's going to help you consume less calories during the day or the end evening. Thanks. Um, <laughs> thanks Jill. I wish all content was this interesting. I appreciate you saying that. That's great. Um, yeah. How often do you go on live or is it random? It's not that random. I'm usually on here in the afternoons, Monday through Friday, usually in the ballpark of like one to three, somewhere in that range usually. Um, but if you don't see it, I got, because I got to get out of here now. Hey, what's up, Miss Independent? Um, I So I got a podcast, Program Yourself Then, which are these lives. I record them and put them up as a podcast and you can listen to them on all the podcast platforms. Uh, YouTube, my YouTube channel is Jim Katsoulis. I put these up as videos on there. Uh, and then obviously my TikTok channel, um, you can see that and get that stuff. And then go go to my website. It's programyourselfthin.com. Um, or you can c- c- press the link in my bio and uh, click that link and go get your hypnosis session. You kind of enter into my world through email um, because I, I send people on email list uh, a lot of cool stuff. Right. It's all free too. I do have a program. You can get, get involved with that. You know, if you're really serious, um, but I, I'll help you even for free. Again, this is a mission of mine. So I like to help people. Um, I'm trying to go to bed earlier and get more sleep. Yeah. Great job, metal girl. That That's so helpful. How many hours before bed you eat? Um, I, uh, I usually stop eating six, seven. I usually go to bed now at 10 o'clock. I used to go to bed like one, two in the morning. Um, so I guess it alternated between four and six hours you know, uh, but, but again, it's relative, you know, notice how it feels, but, but really work to get an hour minimum, two hours is nice. Three hours feels great, you know, and, uh, I think your sleep will get better and all the rest of it, but you can work up to it. Again, it doesn't have to happen all at once. So, so great job. Um, yeah. What time you just stop eating? Yeah. Like I just said, um, yeah, cool, cool. Uh, yeah. Mom and TikTok, the emails are great. They really are great. I mean, they're so good. (laughs) That's a toot my own horn. Um, from two to 10, two to 10 hours. 
Wow, how did you change that? Yeah, good, good question, Metal Girl. The the sleep thing, I, I don't have time to get into that, but I'd love to talk about that. Um, sleeping is such a subconscious thing, like when you go to bed and all that. So again, have patience with yourself. It doesn't have to change. I changed my bedtime going to bed earlier by like an hour, and it took me like a year or two. Sorry to bum me out, but it just takes a while to establish new bedtimes, for me anyways, you know, consistently. And um, yeah, eating before bed. Again, I mean, like I don't know, if you can get three, four hours before bed, I think is a sweet spot. You know, I, I like that because then you're going to sleep ideally for eight hours. And so there you go. Now you haven't eaten for 12, 13 hours. I, I think that that feels good for me, you know? And so again, you got to figure it out how it works for you. Um, uh, Sarah, that's a good question. I'd love to answer that. How to reduce bloating. Um, you know, eat less salt, eat more fruits and vegetables. That, that's kind of a quick answer, but I got to get out of here. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. I appreciate you all. Go to my bio, get that, that hypnosis session, watch that training I put up there for you. And, uh, yeah, I'll see y'all soon. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye.